think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. You got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to End of Regulation. Instead of your normal host, Monsieur Menguez, we have Tommy Lasagna holding down the fort tonight. Uh, let's go ahead now and just introduce the rest of the Stew crew tonight. With me, I have Mr. Brent Jernigan. How you doing, kid? Hello. Hello, hello. I am good to go. Let's do this shit. And, as always, Mr. Harrison Grimes. What's good, brother? Uh, we're good, man. Just just still recovering. Live from New York. York. It's my- Saturday night. <laughs> Yeah, just licking my wounds from the weekend a little bit, but uh, we're we're doing good. Yeah, seriously, couldn't have couldn't have had a better weekend. Yeah, with that on that note, I'd like to bring you uh, the latest episode, the titled "The Best Sunday Ever," uh, up for debate. And uh, this week, we're going to break down why this was the best Sunday ever. Um, running back to last week, we had some NBA news, um, and obviously, in case you guys didn't hear, Game of Thrones is back on, so we're going to hit on that a little bit. Uh, but most importantly, Tiger Woods is back. He is fully back, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I can't wait to get into that. So on that note, let's hit it. Yeah, um, personally, uh, regardless of what the agenda says here, we might as well just touch on that first, get that out of the way. It's in the past. Um, but, man, like you said, Grimes and Tom, what a fucking weekend. What a Sunday. Um, you know, over the last couple of years, Everyone, including myself, uh, maybe not everyone. I, I would have bet a lot of money that Tiger probably would never get another major. But of course, uh, in the back half of last year, it was exciting to see him come on. And now, you know, right out of the gate, here he is, a major, major championship winner again for the first time in 11 years. Uh, so, I mean, welcome back. The crowd was insane. Uh, and then with a couple more majors coming up at, at tournaments or tracks he's won on before, Pebble Beach, the U.S. Open, uh, Beth Page Black. Uh, with the PGA, uh, it's it's just who knows, you know. He's he's not done, dude. I, I gotta say, man, uh, just over, you know, Tiger winning was incredible and, and awesome for golf in so many ways. But the tournament itself was hands down incredible. Probably, maybe maybe the best Masters tournament I've seen. Maybe even the best tournament in general I've seen in in a, in a long time, dude. That Sunday, I mean, you, you talk about stacked. It was completely stacked. You talk about moving day on Saturday. Like, people fucking moved. Um, I couldn't quite figure out how they were going so low, but, you know, I just, at some point, I just stopped asking questions and appreciated all the good golf. It was insane. You know, there were multiple 64, 65, 66s, uh, which is, you know, rare enough. But especially, like you said, Saturday, moving day, Webb Simpson came out firing. Uh, Also, you know, props to us. Last week, we touched on a lot of the favorites and. And they held their own, you know. Francisco Malinari played awesome golf all the mm-hmm. way up until number twelve on Sunday, which has bitten lots of people, including Jordan Spieth a few years ago with the infamous couple balls and the drink. Um, also, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, uh, Louis Oosthuizen was up there for a little while. So, yeah, the leaderboard was stacked. Uh, Phil had an awesome Masters for the first few days, so it it was fantastic. And then, you know, to see basically. You know, I, I was sitting watching with uh, watching with my girlfriend, as it turns out, um, and I, you know, as hold, they hold got on, hold the on a second, 12, hold on a second. You have a girlfriend? Let's move on. We'll talk <laughs> about this after. <laughs> as they walked up on the tee at twelve, it's like, look, I swear to God, if one of these guys hits the ball in the water, you know, the, 
the it's it's Tiger's tournament. Like that's just how it is. The whole crowd is for him. The whole crowd's against everyone else. Then there goes Molinari. Boom in the drink. And you know from that from that point forward, Tiger was licking his chops. At that point, he was still a couple behind, but you know he he did what he had to do there. Got away with the par. And then you know the rest of Amen Corner. It was it was his tournament. And then of course the beautiful eight iron on sixteen to a foot and a half. You know you knew right then mm-hmm. that that yeah, and that he, and fun. so did he. Um, it was it was Tiger time. So yeah. welcome well, back. That's that's my whole thing because Tiger and uh, Tiger Finau and, and Molinari were the last group, and Kepka beforehand, his whole group hit into the water right before. I know because I had money on Kepka and I fucking lost my shit when all of them hit into the water. Like how right? How do you not? Like, I, I guess when you're playing, you don't quite know that that's going on. But four out of the top like six leaders at the time hit into the water. Like how do, how do you not like take that into consideration? It's raining. How do you not just club up? I, I mean, yeah, I, I mean they do. You know, I, I guess it's clearly it's tough. It's a major championship. Everyone is close. Um, it's a hole where you 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 do or die. A lot of people died, as it turns out. But I'm with you. I mean, you saw Tiger after watching Molinari hit it, which he he wasn't trying to be that quite that conservative, but he did play to the fat part of the green. He didn't flirt with the water on that hole at all. Um, and like you said, I mean, Kepka, uh, Molinari. I can't remember who the other person was in Kepka's group who did the same thing, but they really weren't even close. You know, um, a couple of them flew it straight in the water. Others hit the bank and it backed down, uh, back into the drink, but. But yeah, it, it was definitely not the time with the conditions and and the way everyone was kind of shuffling around on the leaderboard. You just had to hit the green or or stay dry there whatsoever. All right, so so on on that note, uh, you know, great round aside, everybody, you know, like you mentioned, everyone was just lighting it up. Augusta definitely took one on the chin this week as as a whole, for sure. What what does Tiger's win this week mean for golf? Like as just personally watching him, I, I I'm more recently just getting into golf over the last three or four years but like even back to 2004 2005 it was basically tiger versus the field right and now it's tiger versus a stack like you just you saw the card on sunday yeah it's so much young talent like but tiger's still like you know the the old dog holding it down now clearly what what does this mean for golf as a whole like is golf is golf back? Golf is back. Golf is golf back. Is back. Okay. Yeah, golf is back. Um, and yeah, it, it always was Tiger versus the field. Um, he struggled recently. You know, these young guys have come up and been awesome and had their way for a while. And you know, when when Tiger lost the chip, um, it's been a while since we've seen a lot of people fold around him. You know, the tournament that he did win, the Tour Championship, he 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 had. He had to win that on his own, whereas uh, back in the day, a lot of people gave a lot of golf tournaments to Tiger, and you kind of saw the, both of those worlds collide this week, where where he he's not the putter that he used to be, but also the pre- you can see the pressure hit the guys on Sunday, and I mean, as far as golf being back, it definitely is, like, at that time, I wasn't even a Tiger fan. I loved to be a Tiger hater back then. I was more of a Phil fan growing up. But but even people like me and people I talked to who who were kind of in the same boat ten years ago, now everyone is on Team Tiger. Right. You know, even even I love to see him win. Uh, it was amazing the roar of the crowd on Sunday when he got it done. Um, definitely, probably the biggest moment I've. I mean, it absolutely is the biggest moment uh, yeah. as far as fanfare that I've seen. Um, so so yeah, golf is back. 
Uh, everyone is Team Tiger at this point. He has zero haters anymore. So right, that's and, yeah, and that's what a time. that's like the best part about this. Like it's bigger than golf. What Tiger has done, obviously, he had all of the marital infidelity things. That was terrible. No one's defending banging hundreds of women when you are married with kids. No one's no one's defending right. that. But then Agreed. he dealt with all the injuries, the ACL that kept him out of 09, then all the back issues that he's had. And it, it's kind of like, it, it's just so impressive. It really is one of the best sports stories, I think, that will ever go down. Just the resurgence. I mean, maybe from top maybe the best bottom, comeback story that's ever happened, yeah. Like, from top of the top to, you know, rock bottom. And now he's finally back to the top. And not to discount, you know, he's... Honestly, he's won two of the six biggest tournaments over the last six months, uh, eight months uh, between the Tour Championship and Atlanta at the end of last season, which is you know one of the one of the six or seven biggest tournaments of the year. Right. And now the Masters, and then like I said, you know, more majors coming up that where he's won before. Who knows what will happen? Of course, he's always been chasing Jack Nicklaus's eighteen majors. Uh, he just got his fifteenth. So just when everyone thought it was out of the question. He's 43 years old. If his back can hold up, you know, he's got another solid five or seven years of golf left. And there's no telling, you know, he can easily win another two or three or four. I fucking hope so. Because honestly, there is nothing better than, especially with everything that happened last year um, in the Ryder Cup, there's nothing better than watching Patrick Reed have to put that jacket back on Tiger and kind of just eat his words. And, you know. I agree. Could not agree more. Fuck Patrick Reed. Fuck he also, he looked like such a, a wiener giving him the jacket. He is a just sitting, sitting there, and like the guy, the the chairman of, of Augusta, or whatever I forget his actual title, just did not want Patrick to say anything. Yeah, well, that that whole thing was weird because that's never I happened before. The whole I, jacket. I hate ceremony. that ceremony. I hate it. It's so awkward. It's so weird. Just do it out on the green on eighteen after the win, and and, and like let the crowd be a part of the whole thing. Yeah, and just uh, just lastly here, I wanted to hit on this. Like, how fucking awesome was it when? All those dudes were just waiting for Tiger. You know, you had Kepka, JT, Shoffley. They were all just waiting there. Like, yeah. they didn't even care that they had lost. They were happy that they lost this week. Yeah. I think, and, and Kepka, I think, said it best. He's, he said something along the lines of, like, you know, for, for me to have that experience in my career, like, see Tiger back in that, you know, in, in that way and, like, see him, like, winning championships is, like, some, he's like, it's something I'll never forget. Right. He's like, it's, he's, he's like, it sucks not to win, but. To see that is like something that you know he will live with, and, and everyone else will live with. Yeah. Um, and the last thing I want to touch on because I think this was like one of the cooler, you know, maybe funnier parts of the weekend. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, Tom. Was the uh, Phil Mickelson's video on Saturday going into Augusta? Yeah, he jinxed himself talking, a little bit there. He did jinx himself. He was going a little bit too cocky, but his chirp to Matt Kuchar about the point oh six percent for anyone who doesn't understand what that was talking about—that's what. Kuchar gave his caddy after winning that tournament in Mexico City his his you know one or a million dollar prize and paying the guy four grand was about point oh six or whatever it was uh, and so I thought that was an awesome chirp Phil it, Phil fucking gets it man it, he he just Phil's all about the money now he he beat Tiger like he he doesn't give uh, a yeah. fuck if he ever he wins does not again. give a fuck yeah he's probably he's to, to be honest he's probably gambled away all that nine million he won against Tiger in Vegas. Yeah, I look at Phil a lot like the sober version of John Daly. Like he, he yeah. he's got it a little more collected, but you can tell just by the way he acts. And did did you hear that video about him and uh, who's that country singer Jake Owen? He told me oh, to yeah. fuck himself. 
Yeah, Jake Owen was like giving him shit about um about how bad the match was. Yeah, and like he how says, boring it Go was. Go fuck yourself. And then when asked about it, he goes, "Yeah, I got nothing else to say. That was a hundred percent true, verbatim." Yeah. Goddamn, Phil. Thank you, Lefty. Unbelievable. All right. Well, uh, I guess moving on from the Masters, we'll talk about how Game of Thrones is back. It was yes. two years in the making for this. Um, Saturday or Sunday night, nine p.m. I would I don't, I don't know the exact numbers, but I would guess upwards of fifty million people across the world probably tuned in to watch this. So um, I guess off the bat, if you are not a Game of Thrones fan, um, I'm, so, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> if, if, if you haven't seen it yet, or if you're still catching up, that's too damn bad because you had two yeah, fucking spoiler, years. Spoiler alert! So yeah, we're gonna spoil the shit out of this. Um, so on that note, what do you guys think of season eight, episode one? Winterfell. Well, first of all, the official number, 17.4 million tuned in. Uh, it was the biggest season premiere of any television show of all time. Overshot that uh, a bit, but sorry. That's all right. <laughs> but with that said, uh, uh, truthfully, it was a pretty disappointing episode, but um, there are you know, a lot of storylines left over from last season, uh, par for the course, of course. Um, and they had to, you know, they're just kind of setting the tone you know they got to set the stories up yeah so re- really it was a lot of just a lot of um stuff shaping up but not yeah, a lot right. of stuff happening just yet and if you did before we get too deep into the episode we'll let harry take over a little bit um yeah. if you did stay tuned for the previews um post show for next uh week it looks like shit's really about to pop off so it's yeah. all about episodes two through eight at this point it's it seems like uh you know, winter is, is going to be coming. Winter's on next, here, motherfucker. Win, winter's here. Winter's going to be here next Sunday for real. Um, it, it, from the from the looks of it, like it seems like the battle begins um, starting starting next episode. It probably will start if I had to guess, like at the at the back end so, of the episode. So they'll, they'll try to like they'll you know build it up a little bit, have the the battle start, and then and then they'll cut um, blast off. Yeah, so, keep, keeping keeping that cliffhanger going. So on on uh, that note. I'm like I'm I'm like a bit of a nerd here where like I've done a little digging into what what's what, and there's been multiple people coming out on the show saying that episode three is going to be like the battle of Winterfell. So you're right. I think the the preview next week showed a lot of what's going on, or, or what's going to happen. But like Game of Thrones is just so sneaky with all their trailers and what what they release and shit. Like all of the trailers that were released prior to last night's episode were like within the first 10 minutes of episode one so yeah i mean take that with a grain of salt because true they're right. they're just waiting to fucking you know pull pull the stool out from underneath you yeah and and in fairness you know it, it was a bit of a slow episode they were doing all the reunions i mean right you know and doing all that like the probably the ultimate one was was john and, and aria meeting they've been they've not seen each other since season one right um which is pretty crazy and then obviously the the, the biggest one you know so it was kind of this battle between like how much time are they going to spend on the reunions of all these characters like the hound and aria and jamie and Br- and brandon and uh and, and everyone like that so you know it was kind of hard to like do all of that while trying to keep the storyline going with the guys who were up at um, last uh, last hearth. Yeah, last hearth. yeah, yeah. 
Um, and, and like showing, and then them being like, okay, the army's past this castle. Like, we got to get back to like one of these people. And so, so on on the note of the last hearth, because that was like the the one part that we didn't expect, right? Like, you knew all the reunions were going to happen. You knew that John and Danny were coming back with all the armies. Blah blah blah. Nobody really knew what was going on up there. And then they get up there to the last hearth, and this poor fucking kid is stapled to the wall with God knows what kind of, like, insignia around him. And that symbol has popped up time and time again um, with, you know, references in the very first episode, that sort of, like, spiral with all the... I don't even know. It's a spiral-looking yeah. thing. Like that, the, the Children of the Forest symbol. Like, yeah, yeah the, I don't know yeah. what it is, but it's fucking driving me mad. And they better tell me within the next well, five episodes. There's one to. theory that it, it's related to the Targaryens. Like, the Targaryen symbol is, like, in a way very similar to it. So they're saying that there might be some correlation between that symbol. Because there is a theory that the Night King is a is, Targaryen. Right. And that I'm, I'm all in on that. Yeah. Um, you know, the biggest... To, to spoil some shit, the biggest moment of the show clearly was um, Samuel finally telling um, Jon Snow, of course, that he is, you know, uh, the true heir to the throne. So now there's a little dichotomy going on uh, with, with him and his new boo, um, who turns out, I guess, um, is actually his aunt. Um, so either his aunt or half sister. I haven't quite put that together. I think it's, it's, his, it's, aunt. A, it's his aunt. If yeah, she, if she, I, can, if Danny, I can break it down real quick if you want. If Danny was my aunt, I'd bang her too. Yeah, I mean, honestly, she's <laughs> she's got it going, Bossa Nova. There's no doubt about it. So does Jon Snow, for that matter. But um, again, yeah, slow episode. Um, I was really disappointed we didn't see more of the Night King and uh, the White Walkers in general in this episode. But uh, you know, they're they're doing their thing. I. I my faith is totally in the hands of the producers and directors of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, just wish we'd seen a little more action up front. And I couldn't quite figure out how the you know the uh, the Night's Watchmen, you know, made it off the fucking wall um, after we saw the dragon blowing yeah. that shit to pieces um, in the last episode of last season. Um, somehow they made it down safely, and then now they they can't even find the White Walkers at, yeah, at the moment. They, so. they somehow avoided them going south, right. And like got they got. Bypass, yeah, yeah, yeah. Laugh, yeah, exactly. Mean, that's laugh. a perfect way of putting and, it. <laughs> and that's sort of that's sort of the thing that's been going on right now because obviously George R. R. Martin is taking way too long to write these books. Uh, I'm not that big into it. I haven't read the books, but you can kind of tell now, especially dating back to last season, you can tell that there's been some distancing between the books and um, oh, and, yeah. and the writers. Kind of, it, a lot of people have had issues with how the show has been progressing. Um, and and part fuck those people. I mean, yeah, to to the to that extent, like you know, be happy that it's here. Be happy that you have it. Um, but I think a lot of that does play into like the the boring parts of the episode where there was tons of like comedic relief in all of this, like little punchlines here, like like when uh, when they all met up at the last heart. He's like, oh look out, he has blue eyes. He's like, I've always had blue eyes. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Right. And, and like and uh, also the uh, the what do dragons eat? Uh, whatever they want, yeah. There's, like there, there were a lot of little one. It was kind of Marvel e, yeah. You know, like yeah. by Marvel e, I mean like the Marvel comic book movies, right. there, uh, where they're just so centered on like little one line punchlines. I, I think a lot of it was just like you know fan appreciation, giving them sort of what True they that. want, um, which, which I can appreciate. So, um, and, and lastly, the best part of all this, Euron Greyjoy got the queen cheeks. 
So, oh boy. kudos to him, that slimy fucking bastard. He is slimy as fuck, uh, but he plays that to a T. So, I obviously, I know you just said last thing, but actual last no, thing we, is I, I keep can't, going all night. I, I can't wait to see clearly once again Cersei, you know, is playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers. Um, so there's no talent, you know. That's that's clearly going to be, you know, the biggest between aside from the White Walkers versus everyone. It's also Cersei versus everyone. Um, so. Can't wait to see what she has up her sleeve. Yeah, per she's usual. talking about war elephants. If I get elephants yeah, this season, bitch, we got I'm, dragons. I'm gonna lose my shit in a good way. In a good way, right? Dude, I, I got I got one last thing because I just was I was thinking about that whole Night King Targaryen thing, and, and this is a very much a a off center theory. What if the Night King is Rhaegar Targaryen, who is Jon's actual father? And I mean, John, I'm pretty convinced that it is. And John kills him, and he like turns back into Rhaegar, and like realizes that he just killed his father. Like some like that's like some like Star Wars shit. Uh, <laughs> John, I that's that's not that far fetched. I mean, there, I, I would, there's been would be a million coolest. different theories like that. That yeah. you know, obviously there are all these about him being some sort of Targaryen. Uh, there's a lot of hype that he's a Stark, which will obviously play into Jon Snow and you know Winterfell as well. Um. Yeah, this has just been driving me crazy for the better part of the last Well, the last biggest thing years. about him being a Targaryen is that he knew how to kill the dragon, number one. He also can ride the dragon, number two. And he also knew that he needed a dragon, number three. So that's pretty Targaryen, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. All right, well, uh, yeah. I don't I don't want to sit here yeah, and, let's, and, let's and go keep on. riding this. I know you all watched True it. Um, tune in next Sunday at 9 and... Uh, Frankly, I'm down to do a little recap every week from here on out because... We will be. It's pretty much all I'm thinking about now. But um, anyways, let's get into some other things that happened this week. Uh, Most importantly, Magic Johnson this past weekend stepped down as the Lakers GM um, in probably the most unprofessional way you could imagine where he didn't even go to his boss, Jeannie Buss, who is the owner of the Lakers... He just threw his own press conference and was like, "Yeah, I'm out. I want to, you know, have fun again," um, which I, I don't really quite understand what that means. But I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this and sort of if you agree with him, if if you're with him, against him, or what. Well, I don't know many people who are quote unquote against Magic Johnson just uh, speaking in a vacuum. This was obviously a dumbo fucking move. Uh, but to be quite honest, aside from signing LeBron James, everything he's done has been a Dumbo move. Uh, so he was a bad GM, you know, if you ask me. Absolutely. Um, horrible, in fact. Uh, I mean, they, they just missed the playoffs with LeBron James. So that, that says a lot about him and Luke Walton as a coach, which we'll touch on in just a second. But, uh, yeah, he didn't make very many good moves at all. And, you know, once, once it kind of happened, uh, there were some things that came out from some of the talking heads uh, in sports media that were just like, yeah, Magic Johnson was, was never really working that hard. He Clearly, everyone saw him to and fro like at, at other sporting events and stuff like that. And, I mean, when you're the general manager of a fucking professional sports team, especially the Los Angeles Lakers, you that has to be your entire life. So clearly he wasn't suited for that, wasn't up for that, wasn't <clears throat> ready for that, and didn't want any more of that. So he gone. And uh, on that note, we'll pause for a second to welcome back uh, the fourth member of the Goon Squad, Gardner Menges. How we doing tonight, kid? 
Living the dream, boys. I apologize. Living the life down here in ATL. So uh, just trying to get it done. Make that bread. Uh, What are you doing in ATL? Uh, You know, just meeting of the minds down here. Just bringing my skill set to a new city. Yes, I'm... No, uh, I came down here for like an exchange program. They're exchanging reps in between different cities to kind of teach and implement new stuff. Really boring and fun stuff. But uh, catch me up, ladies. What uh, what have you been talking about? Well, you came at a good time because we already talked about Game of Thrones and we know that you don't watch it. So... We uh, we also talked about, but I also, first. but I also do want to ask, what was the overarching uh, consensus? Because I, I got some negative feedback that it kind of left people a little bit with blue balls, uh, or not up to par, uh, at least in the office. People, 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 had, people had expectations of it being like some like crazy episode. Just have a fucking stick yeah. up your ass. I, yeah. I guess yeah. it was just like, <clears throat> are we back? No, I was this? just bringing it up no, about what you guys yeah. like thought, just because everybody in the office had qualms with it and i think it was just because of like being you know blue balled for two yeah. years people were expecting exactly. a shitload that's, more well the the blue balls <laughs> believe i me. mean but that's yeah i still can't it, sit it's just like every other episode one of every season like they're just laying the laying the blueprint for what's to come this, so. this guy's standing for True this that. episode <laughs> All right, but, uh, but anyways, anyways back to this now garner fyi we already hit on thrones and we've already covered the masters uh, if you want to hear our thoughts on the Masters, then uh, listen to the episode tomorrow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> hear my thoughts. Go fucking Tiger. Go Tiger. All right. <laughs> so, All right. Let's so, proceed. Uh, any- anyways, yeah, let- let's uh, get back to Magic Johnson. Um, a lot of people here, or what I've heard so far, is that he did not want to let go of Luke Walton. He didn't want to be the guy to tell him, sorry, we're going to have to let you go. Um and so he stepped down because of that. And sh- shortly after, Luke Walton agreed mutually to part ways with the Lakers. And then about 12 hours later, he signed as the head coach of the Sacramento Kings. So uh, all is well in Walton world. I do want to highlight uh, that EOR was nice and ahead of the curve on this one. Pretty sure we also insinuated that he'd be ending up on the Kings. So you're welcome, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, and stick around <laughs> for, for more. Um, I'll also say this. Um, I have to think that to hire the one coach who's never made the playoffs with LeBron James, um, or perhaps since his rookie season, I should say, I think that's just a completely idiotic move, uh, which is very on brand for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, so, so best of luck do you, there. Do you think that they were? Do you think that Magic Johnson was avoiding <clears throat> getting rid of Luke Walton because he was like a fo- avoiding defeat? Like, do you think like he had realized that he had fucking you know dis- not destroyed but had hurt this year's Lakers? And yeah, I- probably a, a little bit of that, and also a little bit of like we gave him one one season with LeBron and a bunch of clowns. Like, let's, you know, why, why would you cut ties after just that? Like, let's see how this well, plays out one more time. I, I, think, I think the overarching issue here is <clears throat> LeBron didn't want Luke Walton. And, Imagine and, and, that. and Magic, had, he, he accepted defeat in, in the sense that this is LeBron's team. This is not his team. Um, nobody wants to be the head coach with LeBron because, you know, your, your word it, it goes by the wayside compared to LeBron's. And unfortunately, that trickles all the way down or up, trickles up 
to the GM position where LeBron is the one dictating, these are the guys I want, this is the coach I want, this is what we're going to do. Um, and it, it, it basically all started in Cleveland where he started to get away with it. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And, but, it, but it worked. He won a championship. So how do you tell LeBron, no, your way doesn't work when he's proven that it but works? But do you think his qualms? Do you think his qualms were with Walton, or do you think his issues were uh, with Magic Johnson? LeBron is a qualm himself. I, I mean, that so. we're well aware of, and we've <laughs> made it very clear that we're not fans here. But let, <laughs> but yeah. you know, do you do you think like you said? Obviously, it trickles up. It's not a trickle down effect. This isn't trickle down economics. Do you think you think Luke Walton is uh, you know obviously just a smaller problem and that LeBron pushed Magic out? Uh, I don't I don't think Luke Walton is necessarily a problem, but LeBron from the get go was kind of on, on thin ice with him, and they didn't really quite get along. And LeBron is to the point in his career where he knows to keep that behind you know closed doors, uh, and I I, I think. Magic just kind of said, "All right, I, I don't want to deal with this shit. I am too old and too rich to be dealing with all of this bullshit. I already have to deal with one fucking debilitating disease. Why would I want to deal with LeBron James too? Right. <laughs> I don't need two AIDS. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Well, uh, let's uh, let's continue on here in um, true Manga's form. Gardner, would you like to kick us off with some Would You Rather's? I would be delighted to. Um, So the first one we got up on the list here is a little bit of uh, would you rather never use social media ever again uh, or never watch another TV slash movie again? TV show. Easy. I would would trade all social media just to rewatch Always Sunny for the 15th time. (laughs) I – I was gonna, I was gonna agree with you, but it kind of contradicts what we're doing here. Uh, so without social media, you know. But I agree. Without like the fucking Sopranos or Breaking Bad or The Wire, like I don't know where I would be in life. Or may, how about uh, how to make it in America? In better shape and more. Productive. Yeah, I'd probably have better grades and I'd probably have a better job, but. I'm fucking happy Who with cares? where I am. <laughs> None of those things are nearly as important as fat. Yeah, Max. exactly, exactly. Um, Harry, Tom, what do you got? Uh, I'm going with, uh, I would never use social media. Cause I think that's your kind of, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan <laughs> of the first place. Man. Yeah. I think we're all in agreement here. Um, yeah. the only reason I really use social media now is, uh, basically for end of regulation. So, uh, that's right. Well, and, and booty pigs. Yeah. Good job. Um, yeah. And and and, and 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 actually, I don't know if I could get rid of my Instagram. Just if you got, do you guys follow Sierra Sky on Instagram? My goodness, my goodness. You know who gracious. else? You know who was hanging with her this weekend? Uh, is is Paulie? Yeah, Paulie, if you're listening, you lucky bastard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, next up uh, really hits home for me. Because uh, I suffer from one of them tremendously. Uh, would you rather suffer from horrible short-term <laughs> memory loss, uh, guilty, or horrible long-term memory loss? Um, I think I'll stick with short-term. I, I don't want to lose my long memories. I'm cool with like forgetting about this episode after it ends. <laughs> but I don't want to lose my memories of all you, okay? Uh, nice. That's so Good nice. Say. It's very nice of you to say. I'm going to go with the uh, – fuck. I, 
I'm gonna go with horrible short uh, short term too. Cause like if you forget someone's name, it's like not the end of the world. I do it fucking all the time. So yeah, true. Why change now? But what if it's long term and you like forget your grandma's name? Yeah, I'm going long term because, uh, like, I don't know, all that shit happened. There's not a whole lot of sense in reliving a lot. Brent's like, I don't want to remember the shit that I did. (laughs) Right. Um, Anything a year old or less, I'll keep, and anything older than a year, fuck it. (laughs) Fuck it. I'm uh, I'm with Brent here. Uh, I'm just living living for today, man. Living in the moment, bro. Not a cell phone in sight. We're just living in the moment. L I V Dog, how can you just write Norway off like that? <laughs> that that is actually that's that's a pretty good point. It's what, it's what pictures are for. Yeah, true, true, true. True that. Uh, all right, well, let's kick it off with this last one here. Uh, would you rather never have to <laughs> never have to work again uh, or never have to sleep again? You would you wouldn't feel tired or suffer negative health effects. Um, I would never work again. Like does Same. can we like make it contingent on the fact that like I won't be a homeless person? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's got to be. There's got to be some sort of cap. Like if it, so, like so still imagine it being equal. You got income coming in day in and day out, just as if you were working. Oh, then no work. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Right. No, I would dude, never work. I think again, we. I think we sure. all value sleep a little bit too much. But but you and would never be tired. I, you would always also. I'm be not. Full of I'm energy. not like a social butterfly anyway so like i don't fucking need to be awake and like chilling but all the time I, with I get that being bored. said if i didn't sleep oh my god i could do some ungodly things on social media like <laughs> i mean all of it like the amount of things i could do so many activities well and that, that's why i'm going with i'd never sleep again because i would just i would i would never get tired so i could just make double the money Imagine literally doubling your paycheck. So Tom, Tom, in complete idiot fashion, is going to work <laughs> twice as much. And <laughs> instead of never working again, he's going to work twice as much. Count me out. But yeah. but no, like I, it, there, there's something to be said for like going to like. What would you do all day when people, everyone else you know is at work? That's a fair point. You would get bored not working. Whereas. If yeah. you don't sleep, you could just make money while others are sleeping. Yeah, but but think it's about long term when you've got like you're in a relationship and you're married and you're just walking around your house at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> no. no, that's what you do. You you work through the night I'm out and then hustling, during the day bro. you just fuck around and play golf. Yeah, uh, I guess. Yeah. Streets never sleep. You, you'd have to be streets working like sleep. you'd have to be like working your European section of the business. You know, I'd be like, hey, look, I I don't sleep, so yeah, yeah, yeah. the markets are open. <laughs> Give me baby. Japan. <laughs> All right, well, All right. that concludes our uh, Would You Rather. So um, did you gentlemen already touch upon the UFC? Uh, no, that's all you, baby. Um, well, uh, I wouldn't say it's all me because I didn't see it. Uh, <laughs> but I, I definitely kick us off here on Saturday night's matchup of UFC 236. Um, Tom and I believe Harry also watched are going to kind of talk to us a little bit about the biggest takeaways from this fight. Uh, or these fights, I should say. Um, so I'll kick it over to you guys to talk about the middleweight belt. Yeah, so uh, basically the biggest up-and-comer in the UFC, Israel, the last style bender, Adesanya, uh, beat Kelvin Gastelum for the middleweight belt in a just bloody, like brutal five-round bout. It was UFC 236 was awesome. The co-main event, 
uh, as well as the main event, which we'll get to, were just two five-round, just brutal beatdowns. Um, and it was the first time that we really saw Adesanya struggle or, you know, kind of be surprised. And a lot of people, uh, including myself, were surprised at how well Kelvin Gastelum handled himself. He kind of has a, a, a knack in his, his career for making fighters uncomfortable, taking them out of their comfort zone. And he really bludgeoned up Adesanya pretty well. Uh, if you saw him after the, the match, he was, you know, both eyes were puffy. Uh, his lip was busted up. He's bleeding. It was just such a, a great fight. And it was, you know, it was 2-2 going into the fifth. But um, Israel Adesanya kind of took it into his own hands and didn't leave anything up for the judges. He he knocked down Gaslam three times in the fifth round. So kudos to Gaslam for just kind of getting up. Uh, and he, lights were on and, and no one was home for sure. But uh, kudos to him for you know showing his true grit and and, and the heart of a, a real UFC fighter. Dude, um, Grimes, you got any? Did, or, sorry, go ahead. No, did Adesanya was was he the one that walked out to no music at the fight, just like a fucking goddamn serial killer? Uh, no, he had, he had some funky shit coming out. That's his style. He was, like, dancing, jumping around. Yeah. I, I like he, He's, like, a smooth criminal. I, I hadn't really, like, tuned into him much, uh, but he's been all over social media recently, and, like, I think it's cool to a certain degree. I don't know if you guys have seen these videos where he does, like, all these moves, and they're, like, doing, like, the Dragon Ball fucking flames from his hands and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. cool, but, like, not really when you're facing a bunch of people who can kill human beings with their hands you know what i mean like you kind of are like downplaying your abilities when you're like doing dragon ball z shit on instagram like yeah, if you can well, if you can back yeah. it up and knock someone's ass out three times and defeat them fucking fantastic but <laughs> yeah and that's kind of the thing though is like he is that good where he can kind of get away with it but i do agree it's, it's a weird look that whole like he like was he the one who threw a, uh pretended to throw a pokeball at yeah someone? yeah 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 Right, like all that shit. I'm like, that's it's a little weirdly like nerdy for me. Yeah, but I mean, um, I guess if you can kill somebody with your hands, fuck it. Up, so, fuck it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he just beat Anderson Silva, and then he comes out, and now he's you know the champ, and it really is such a great story. Um, where a few years ago he actually DM'd Dana White and said, "Hey Dana, you don't know me yet, but I'm going to be a champion someday." And la- you know, Saturday night it all kind of came to fruition. So, good for him. Uh, can't wait to see who's up next. Did, did you guys catch this Brandon Schwab? Uh, I, I don't know if you guys listen to any of his podcasts, but he, he runs this one podcast, and they were talking about bare-knuckle boxing and how it's kind of, like, on the hunt to be this next big thing. Um, and it was fucking hilarious because he was like, dude, Dana White and the UFC, like, are trying extremely hard to continue to keep this, like, at monetary value like continue to monetize it to, to actually like continue to have subscribers people buy these fucking fights and bare knocking bare knuckle boxing is apparently charging something like 50 fucking dollars for for pay-per-view and like he was like just laying in saying like you know dustin poirier and, and this max holloway fight like they were barely able to fucking fill the subscriptions for that and these guys in the bare knuckle boxing community think that they're going to be like the the next biggest thing um I just like I bring it up just because we're talking UFC and I think it's uh, depending on the fighter I would pay 
$50 and a heartbeat to watch some True, true. But, but if it were big names. But not not these yeah. no-name fucking bare-knuckle yeah. boxers. You know, there's a reason that they're doing this shit, and it's because they can't do And they the can't thing. read. Like, if you see some of these guys afterwards, they're fucking brain Yeah, I mean, they'll also die. <laughs> yeah, like, no straight doubt. up yeah. dead. That, that, that just sounds like, uh, you know, a CTE lawsuit waiting to happen. 100%. But the, the real reason I brought it up is because he did mention our boy, uh, Mr. Conor McGregor, and I, and I did just want to throw this out here, uh, you know, with the mention of, you know, potential next fights and whether you guys see him as being a contender. I know he's, you know, said that he's going to retire, but Jay-Z also retired like 12 times, and he's still producing music, so. Un- unfortunately for Conor, I think he has, like, way too many, like, issues with the law right now to focus on, like, going to a camp and prepping for a fight. Not to mention, I think he's suspended until, like, September. I know Khabib is suspended through November, or till November. Um, so I don't I don't know exactly about Connor. Uh, I hope he comes back, because it would be great to see him, you know, fight again, but... So who do you, I, who do you see as kind of the next big matchup? Uh, well, in, in the lightweight division, let's just run it back for a second. Uh, Dustin Poirier defeated the interim champ Max Holloway uh, with basically just a unanimous decision. The fight was pretty close, but Poirier like really, really beat up Holloway in the first round. Um, and he's just so much stronger. His punches hit so much harder that no matter what Max Holloway threw, he, he just couldn't really match the, the, the physicality that Poirier brought to the ring. And I think that's a tribute to Poirier who has been on really a tear here in his last few fights. He's beaten Jim Miller, who's another hard, you know, heavy-handed fighter, um, ex-champ Eddie Alvarez, Justin Gaethje, who is right now one of the other top fighters um, in the lightweight division, and Anthony Pettis, who is, I'm pretty sure he's an ex-champ as well. Um, so it, kudos to him. Holloway, a tough guy. The, the dude has an issue with fighting where he just loves to get punched in the face. Like Holloway's thing is like he'll he'll take a huge haymaker and be like, yeah, nice, like hit me again, let's go. And it's like, dude, like, breathe for a second, like yeah, looks like happy <laughs> learn how to page. learn how to block. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if please for every, everyone that didn't watch, Google search you know Max Holloway after this fight, he was fucked up. Like he's gonna need stitches for this cut, like, basically in between his eyebrows. Uh, he couldn't see out of his right eye for probably the last three rounds of the fight. Uh, so, I don't, I don't know. The heart of a fucking lion in Max Holloway. Dude, I don't think you could fucking pay me to experience the pain that those motherfuckers feel when they wake up the next morning. Like, oh I, I like – and not to mention the fact that these guys aren't bringing home large purses. Like, they're not bringing home master's money of $11 million. Like – we're looking at, she- you know, shekels for these motherfuckers that are taking beatings. Like, I, to be Hallway waking up on Sunday, uh, Worst hangover oh, of all Oh, God, time. I'd rather suck peanut butter off of a homeless guy's toe. Like, straight <laughs> up. <laughs> all right, well, uh, anyways, on the next note, after the fight, uh, Joe Rogan's in there interviewing Poirier. Great moment. By the way, Dustin Poirier's wife. Huge rack. Good for him. But uh, thank you, Tom. But anyways, 
he gets in and he's like, so, like, what's next for you? And he grabs the mic and he goes, to quote my man Daniel Cormier, Khabib, get your shit together, man. We have a belt to fight for. And everyone mm-hmm. erupts. And now it's like, all right, who does Poirier get next? Because he just called out Khabib, uh, who's suspended. Obviously, Connor's name is going to be always thrown around for the light lightweight title belt. Um, you have Tony Ferguson, who is arguably the most dangerous man in the UFC. Um, coming off, I think he's he stepped away for like personal reasons. He was coming off an injury, and then well, he, he his last fight was against Pettis, and did right Ferguson. Yeah, and, and he won and he won that fight. It was a weird, it was a weird fight. They were throwing like the most ridiculous things, like flying knee kicks, back spinning heel kicks, whatever. Uh, but Ferguson ended up winning that fight, and I don't think he's fought since. I think that was probably like four months ago. Yeah, so maybe. I know Ferguson, he's like sort of stepped away, like dealing with some sort of personal issues. And so that brings up the name Nate Diaz, who I fucking love Nate Diaz, but the dude truly does not give a fuck. That guy is as white trash as they come. That's his brand, dude. White but trash. I love but him. for I a U- for, like the UFC is kind of just trash in general. He like. He pro- he projects this just white trash trailer home double wide fucking lazy boy recliner like just ugh. No offense to anyone out there who grew yeah. Up in the shout out to all my double wide homies. <laughs> you know, Harry and I know plenty of Canucks that lived up in you know the reservations and those yeah, double. You're wides. right though. I mean, he Diaz puts the trash in white trash. There's no doubt about that. But I guess right, that's well, what makes him a fucking fun scrapper. Well, yeah, I mean, that that's the thing. Like, the dude just, he doesn't give a shit, but he, his favorite thing to do is just throw hands, like... <laughs> and smoke and weed. And smoke weed. So, Grimes, of those four names, who who do you think deserves the next shot for the lightweight belt? Uh, it's tough, Tony. man. I don't see Nate Diaz fighting anyone but Khabib or Connor. So he's not going to fight for another six months. Uh... I, I I like the Tony Ferguson fight. I think that makes the most sense. I don't know what's going on with Tony, and you know, on the back end. But I, I got I I would my best bet would be uh, would be Ferguson um, at this. I point. mean, I think that's probably safe to assume. Like, you know, this is like Tom said, one of the most dangerous faces in the UFC. So like, why not fucking put him up against somebody that's calling out? You know, Khabib. Yeah. And if he beats Ferguson, then Khabib makes the most sense, and, and he'll get that fight, no doubt. Sure. Do you think that he's capable of taking on a Khabib? Uh, I don't, dude. Honestly, as much as I'm not a fan of him, I don't know if anyone is capable of taking on dude, Khabib he, he, at that like, weight. Like honest, because like John Jones could come in and probably, probably manhandle him, <laughs> but that's a different weight class. Yeah, put Chuck Liddell in there. Uh, but <laughs> no, he. Uh, you're right, man. Like. You know, I don't follow the UFC as extensively as you know the two of you do. But if there's one thing I know, it's it's Khabib scares the living shit out of me. And if I was a fighter, yeah. I would be petrified to fucking fight him. Yeah, he, he's he's a stone cold killer. I mean, the no second doubt. those videos uh, surfaced of him fighting bears, I'm like, just give him the fucking belt. Like, what what are we doing here? <laughs> like, I, I grew up playing guys T-ball. Earned it. <laughs> wild animals yeah you know so well um what else we got anything else before we wrap up here on ufc 
I don't think so. Uh, just keep, keep it moving. Good shit. All right, well, um, I think we've kind of touched upon everything. You guys correct me if I'm wrong, if I missed out on anything, but uh, I think we can just close things out here with a buzzer beater. Sure. I'll, I'll start us off there. Um, as you guys know, today, Patriots Day, uh, as well as the Boston Marathon, one of the biggest races in the world. Um, and kudos to Lawrence Chereno of Kenya for winning at a, a winning time of 2 hours, 7 minutes, and 57 seconds. Uh, it was actually, obviously I didn't watch the race. Anybody who watches the race is fucking, something's up with you. Uh, if you enjoy just watching people run. You watched the 20, end though, right? 26 miles. The end was awesome because it was these two dudes um, in a full-out sprint. After after um, a marathon. So it was literally the most electric yet boring as fuck sprint to the finish line because you could see their legs just noodles like trying so hard not to fucking break their tibia and fibula but sprinting to the end they were they were moving and you know kudos to this guy uh, for for running 26 miles in two and a, like under two and a half hours uh which crazy enough isn't the record the record is two hours and three minutes which was set in 2011 um so frankly, what? step it up, boys. Step it up next year because you got some ground to make up. Who was this fucking robot of a human that put up two hours and three minutes? Some some other Kenyan. Um, I I don't know. They're just good at running. My question is is like, <laughs> like does somebody just fucking sponsor these guys? Like, are these guys just like, yeah, my life profession is to travel the world, and I'm not getting paid for it to run marathons. Um. <laughs> I, I I don't know. And like, it requires I, I, people assuming, to sponsor yeah. you. Like, you need like, it's not fucking free. How the sponsors go and find these guys is beyond. I mean, like, do they just fly down to Kenya and just? But like, but that's my question. <laughs> yeah, can like, can, can the find a guy like, can the like, four of us just go and go and, and like, yo, come like with the me. four of us should just go and sponsor a runner from Kenya and throw EOR on his jersey? Like, that seems like the best way to market. Uh, that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> Well, we got our fucking plan, so... Let's, uh, yeah. On that note, let's see if Gino will sponsor us in his next like ultra marathon that he runs. Or if he'll let yeah, us great. sponsor him. Yeah, yeah if he doesn't way. kill us first. Uh, <laughs> Harrison, what do you got for us? Uh, a couple things. Gardner, good job knowing your human anatomy, calling out the tibula and fibula. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, man. Um, Could have been a dunk. Uh, it's thing, actually a fibula. Yeah. Stanley, uh, Stanley Cup playoffs are in full swing. Just two quick notes, big shockers going on uh, right now, at least from what I expected. First Tampa? of all, Columbus being up 3 nothing on Tampa Bay Lightning, the you best just, team. You just stole my buzzer beater. God damn! Right, well, then I'll give it to you. I'll let you, I'll let you have it. The other one I have is, is a little bit uh, on a more serious note. Um, the whole thing that happened today in Paris at uh, Notre Dame was oh, horrific. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hated to see that, but... Um, you know, thought, thought I'd add they that saved it, man. It a they said thing. that they were able to save horrible the structure watch, of the spiral. Hopefully, there wasn't like arson or anything like that, because uh, that dude's gonna fucking die if, if it was. Yeah, it and probably should. was some yeah. like prick like me who was on a Euro tour and was like roasting a bone at the top of Notre Dame, and it was like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll, we'll, it's a little bit too soon to joke about that. Um, <laughs> Brent, even though it was stolen, finish it up. Yeah, so uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, who were far and away the daddy dogs in the NHL regular season uh, President's Cup uh, winners, um, basically just getting dismantled by the Columbus Blue Jackets thus far. Um, at, 
They had never even won more than three games in a postseason. Uh, they, they've currently won three. They're up 3-0 versus the, versus the Lightning. Um, so huge upset. Uh, President's curse lives on. Uh, and also outside of that, um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but today uh, Alexander Ovechkin actually got into quite the, quite the no. scrap. Uh, fight, yeah, fighting Carolina Hurricanes forward Andre uh, Svechnikov. Okay. Russian on Russian. Um, Who's currently he's the youngest player in the NHL playoffs right now, Stanley Cup playoffs. That is, uh, he's 19 years old. Ovi is fucking 34 years old, and he beat him to a bloody pulp. Um, what's his face? Got a you know they dropped gloves. Svechnikov put a couple licks on Ovi, and then Ovi just went Dude. pound town into his face three times, knocked his ass out. Dude hit his head on the ice and was down for minutes uh, before he was like carted off, and they ruled him out for the Dude, game. It- so. That just goes to str- – you don't fuck with a dad. You know, when you're a grown man, you've got grown man strength. You need to just sit your little 19-year-old ass Dog, down. It, and it goes further than that. Let's just go back to us talking about Khabib fighting bears in Russia. This guy is a fucking Russian uh, well, crazy also, man. I mean, Svechnikov is also a Russian in true, his own true. right. But the only, th- the only thing better than a Russian is a Russian 14 years old. <laughs> yeah. So – don't fuck around. You know, yeah, and coming off of a fucking Stanley Cup. I mean, this guy is just a seasoned yeah. veteran. I mean, like, what, what idiot. fucking knucklehead. That's like... Right right after this, go watch it because it was I mean, that's me stepping into the fucking cage with Khabib. Literally. That is yeah. legitimately the equivalent of what happened. Man, I got to check on, that so, out. So, on that note, Khabib and Ovechkin getting an octagon. That would be wins. the most badass Ovi. fight I've ever seen. Dude, Ovi's like two hundred and fucking thirty pounds. He'd beat the shit out of Khabib. But Khabib, Khabib is a world champion wrestler. I would, I would be well, interested to see like an enforcer fighting somebody like a, not like a Khabib or a McGregor that actually knows how to throw hands, but like put Thomas Wilson up against like a, a Nate Diaz. I think that'd be a pretty good fight. Oh. You might as well call him Alexander Ali at this point because he just <laughs> dropped the fuck throwing out of this haymakers. Kid. I'm All right, well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, again, apologize for being late, but I'm glad I was able to join you all. Please make sure to go follow us both on Spotify and on iTunes. Subscribe right away. It's our lifeblood. We'd love to hear from you guys, so make sure to DM us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, We'll make sure to keep you both educated and entertained. Lastly, stay golden. Turning it over to Brent to close us out with some music history. Yeah, uh, so two, actually, I'll start with the first one. R.I.P. to Joey Ramone. He died on April 15th, uh, obviously famous frontman of the Ramones from New York, but also to, to tickle Gardner's fancy. Uh, Twelve years ago, Lil Wayne dropped The Drought oh. 3, uh, one of the sickest mixtapes in hip-hop history, no doubt about it. Uh, fucking 29 songs deep and just full of full of bangers. So Damn, I forgot it was 29 tracks. Let's kick it. Later. Motherfucker got the heart of a killer Young guard in the building by the start of religion By the call, been lighting up and order some missiles Bring them straight to your block and go to war with you bitches If you hit the head, pin the rest, fall in position Shoot a nigga on his porch and make him fall in his kitchen Got the bitch boy porch with all the specifics And I keep that torch, baby, call me Olympics Red, white, blue, pill, flip my skills like chips
gymnast And never give a bitch money, blood or kidneys When the gun goes pop, I be at the finish With my melt around my neck, autograph for my tennis The land of the murder, dope crackers and syringes Pull up on you in the coupe, how fat is your engine? Never talk to those that sat on the benches, boy I was in the game on fourth and inches These niggas want the business, come and get these boys the business See you fucking with the boy that talk to us before Christmas Got all these hoes tripping, got all these hoes stripping And we ain't PSC, but them bitches know we tipping I just bought a pint and ain't none of y'all sipping Make my friends buy the own fuck, I'm tired of being friendly Ain't got a lie just to try to be with me Bitches up in heaven waiting at the die to be with me I'm crazy for being Wayne, or is Wayne just crazy? I've been around, I'm still around like them gay cocaine men Hairpin trigger, no, I won't shave it I spy your pop in the ocean, I'm gonna save it The South is so dirty, bitch, you can't bathe it Holly girl dog and I feel like mating Baby girl, your pussy's looking so vacant And it's fuck you and fuck Georgia Bush not making Fuck waist deep, I'm in over my head But it's cool, I'ma make it, I'm good like making Your girl wants me to come around like Reagan Your boyfriend is softer than the carton the eggs in I don't fear nothing but God and weddings At the top of my paper like I'm starting ahead And my homie Santana, yeah, that's my ace But you may know us as I can't feel my face about you at all, I'm paid, been that way for a long time, looks like I'ma die like that, cause if I ain't I'ma just die, <laughs> yeah, see, they don't know where I came from, but they know where I'm going, and I'll tell you just how the top feels when I'm on, in the game, I'm no cheater, I'm a tiger, I'm a cougar, I'm a panther, I'm a bingo, ocho cinco, I'm gilly, shirts off and gilly, in a pair of Gucci flops, feeling freer than Willie. When them niggas left, I got a little bit chilly. But I just let it burn like the end of the Philly. We.